Welcome to another Press On podcast. I come to you today with really a message that's burning in my heart. In fact, it's been a, been something for some time churning in me, and it's causing me to be a bit unsettled, and I feel that unsettledness today. Uh, it's a sober topic. Uh, it's a, a sober delivery, I think. But my prayer today is that above all things that Christ be glorified and honored, but that also that you, uh, my friends and my listeners, that you would hear what the Word of the Lord is today. I'm going to try uh, from this podcast and an additional two, so we'll cover three podcasts with this topic of truth, tragedy, and triumphs. You know, I've been accused before of being stuck in the past by reading a lot in the Old Testament, uh, especially the prophets. But we know from uh, what Timothy wrote that all of Scripture is profitable, and I find that the Old Testament is not only profitable, but my friends, if there's ever been a time in this generation where we've needed a word from the Lord, the words of the prophet ring true and applicable in our day. So let me begin this podcast by asking you just a few perhaps sobering questions. What is truth? And how can a nation know it? And when the voice of the church is silent, or it has been censored, how will God be made known? What happens when people's lives are not in sync with God? What do we think should happen in a case like that? What happens when a nation turns its back on God? And lastly, can hope Lost hope, can it ever be restored? These are some of the questions that the prophet Jeremiah had to face in his own life and his own generation. He was a young man of about 20 years old when God called him, and he was to serve in the role of a priest and then a prophet. And from uh, for about 40 years, uh, this young man served God, speaking his word to a nation. And It was not an easy position, and it was not an easy responsibility. And I'm nowhere near the prophet Jeremiah, but I have to tell you, I feel a soberness. I feel an emotion in my heart over the words that I've been reading. It has been stirring me deeply. Jeremiah was serving the Lord in a period of time under five different kings— And only one king, the king Josiah, was a godly king. The other kings were not godly. They did not prove well. They did not serve God in their generation. They did not lead a people. And here was this prophet. In fact, history records him as the weeping prophet. You know, Jeremiah was 20, and he served for 40 years until he was 60. I'm 60 years old right now. And I feel uh, a soberness. I feel a weight. Uh, um, It's a burden, but it's a burden of the Lord. Uh, And and, and I'm seeking, along with you, let's have undeniable courage in our generation, like the prophet Jeremiah, that we will proclaim and, if necessary, prophesy uh, what God is saying, what God is doing in our time, uh, regardless of personal cost. And as we journey through the book of Jeremiah, which I encourage you to go back and read, 
Don't believe the lie that the Old Testament is so far in the past that it is not applicable for us. It's not true at all. Go back and read the prophet Jeremiah, and I think it'll unleash within you a flood of emotion as it, as it really settles in your spirit of what Jeremiah faced, what we are facing today. And I find that there were six aspects from the, Jeremiah's life journey that I just want to mention. Uh, that, first of all, he preached God's truth. And that truth in that period of time was for the nation to repent of their sins, turn back to God with their whole heart. He also proclaimed that full surrender to God was the only way to escape judgment that was coming. He prophesied of the certainty of God's judgment if God and His Word were ultimately rejected. He also saw that people largely rejected God's truth on every level. I mean personal, community, and national scales. He saw providential judgment and destruction was on its way, and it did come to pass. And yet there was also providential hope and restoration that came. These six aspects are where we are today as a nation. In fact, it's where we are, I believe, as a church. We're facing untold, unexperienced uh, uh, situations today that are causing many heart to faint. The love of many is growing cold. And Jeremiah, we find uh, he, he dealt with three types of people, and it, it's the same in every nation. Uh, it doesn't change. History repeats itself. Human nature is what it is. And there were three types, and they first were the rejecters of God. Then there were the religious toward God. And then lastly, there were the relational with God. These are the three types of people that every nation has. It falls into this. And these are, are types of people. We can get caught up in the wording, but the reality is, you know, there's going to be those that will not accept Christ. They will not accept God's Word no matter what. They are rejectors of men. And there are those then that take God and His Word and they become religious. They want to cut corners. They want to operate in shades of gray. And uh, the religious uh, have all kind of characteristics that do not fit the, uh, the nature of Christ. And, uh, and then there's always a few. And I say a few not because they're elite. I say a few not because I think more highly of myself or you think more highly of yourself than you ought, but rather— uh, there are those that have relationship with God, those who know that they were in sin, whose lives were bound toward hell, and yet God, in His extreme mercy, opened the eyes of our understandings, moved us to a place of repentance, granting us that kind of grace to where when we repented, we come to Him with our whole heart, and we're not perfect, but we we are progressing. We're maturing in Christ, and we put our hands to the work of Christ in our generation. Uh, and these kind of people were the kinds of people that Jeremiah was dealing with. And you know, if you've ever truly, tr I mean truly, lived out your walk with Christ to where you're engaging people in the marketplace, where you are standing, uh, as it were, in your congregation— and you're speaking the word of the Lord, and you're pronouncing 
the whole counsel of God, uh, you know what it is to have rejectors of God around you. You also know the challenges that there are when the religious uh, uh, come after you. Uh, you know, they've got all their pet peeves, they've got all their doctrinal uh, deities, they've got all their specialities, and they come against you even if when you try to speak in simplicity. Uh, they want to turn everything uh, into just religious activity, rote, and uh, rituals. But then those, those, and I pray that we're of this bunch— those that have relationship with God. Jeremiah had a relationship with God. And the the first part of this three-part I want to share with you is Jeremiah was committed to truth. And oh my God, if we ever needed a time where we need to cling to truth, it's now. I am so weary of news channels. I'm so weary of all the accounts of global activities. I have to be honest and say I'm even weary of a lot of things that I see in the Christian corner because truth, according to the prophets, truth has been cast to the street. It's modified. It's adapted. It's been cut. It's been chiseled. It's been made in our own image. Jeremiah would have none of that. Jeremiah would hear a word from God just like we can hear a word from God when we read his word. We don't today have to always have or even seek an audible voice. We have the living, breathing Word of God written here in in our Bible that the Holy Spirit takes and writes upon our hearts. He takes that and He writes it and makes it real to us and personal to us. And He does that only with truth, my friends. God is not like man that He should lie. There is no shadow of turning with Him. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever, and his word will uh, last through eternity. And this is so important for us. And, you know, I just have to say that when Jeremiah heard something from God, that word didn't go in one ear and come out in a nice little devotion, and then he went on to something else. He agonized over that word. He believed what God said was absolute truth. He believed because what God spoke came from the very nature and character of God himself. And he knew that when God was saying these things, calling a nation that bound in its sin and, and covering it and making it okay and every man doing what is right in his own eyes, he knew when God spoke to this word to this people that he meant every word of it. And it shook Jeremiah. You know, we don't have much of that anymore. I thank God for my heritage. I was raised in a church that preached the Word of God, that felt the Word of God, that called upon men and women and children to listen to what God is saying, to shake in His presence, to have the feeble knees, to feel bowed down under the weight of our sin, sin that separates and can separate for eternity. Oh, my God, I felt that so much, and I feel it today. Some 50 years later, I still feel this word bearing down upon us in this generation. I feel it so much now. I'm, I'm having to contain my emotions that this word of God, Jeremiah, felt it deep in his soul, and he quaked at it. He, it, it bowed him down, and that truth of God was so overwhelming to him. 
as it as it just went through every vein in his body, and he knew for a fact that a nation that is bound to sin, forget everything else. If God says it, it's true, and he said it, and he knew it was true. He starts off Jeremiah chapter 1, uh, something very profound for us, and I, and I believe, I know it sounds like what a preacher would say, but I, I mean this. I believe this is a word somebody that is listening now, you, you, you really truly need to hear this. This is not a preacher telling you. This is not for fun or for show. This, this my friend, is God speaking to you. And Jeremiah said in verse 5 through 9 that the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified. I called you into holiness. Uh, I ordained you a prophet to the nations. For you shall go to all whom I send you, and whatever I command you, you shall speak. Do not be afraid of their faces." For I am with you to deliver you, says the Lord. Do you see in that, those verses, seven times God speaks to Jeremiah. Seven times he's speaking to you right now. Seven times. Seven, the number of God's completion, says to you right now, I, seven times, I, 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 God himself is speaking, pressing it in to young Jeremiah. And it, it, it reverberated through the soul of Jeremiah. My friend, God knew you before you were you. He knew you by name. He knew you. He brought you into existence. He formed you. The workmanship of God in you is so unique. You have value. I don't care what the world says. I don't care what you feel. Almighty God, the creator of heaven and earth, created you. He formed you. He knows you intimately. He's called you. He's ordained you. Means means he has a purpose and a plan for your life. This is the truth of God that Jeremiah was hearing seven times. And he says, I'll send you. I'll command you. My friends, you've got a plan and a purpose designed by Almighty God for your life. This is not the time. We, we can no longer afford to say, well, sometime in the future I'll get right. Sometime in the future as a Christian I'll fully surrender. Sometime along the way when it's a little more convenient I'll yield all to Christ and then he'll use me. No, 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 no. No, the time is now. Seven times God said, I. And seven times it reverberated to Jeremiah, you. He specifically said, you, you, you. There, there's, no, there's no missing this simple point. God's truth was calling. God's truth is calling every one of us right now to up our game, to come back to God wholeheartedly and to believe this truth. You see, because these, cha- these verses just simply say this loving God, that we can see his love in creating us, but he's also called us to serve him. To, to represent him in the midst of a crooked and a perverse generation. This is it. God is, no, is not sending anyone else to the earth. He doesn't have another son to send. He's not resending Christ to come and walk in human form upon this earth. It's you and me. And if the job is going to get done in serving the Lord and presenting him uh, to our generation, it has to be you. It has to be me. We have to take God's truth. We have to believe in what he says, 
And he, he, he says there at the end, I am with you. I'm with you. I'm going to deliver you. My friends, most Christians today are trying to serve God in the easiest, least expensive way possible. No, no way do we want a high personal cost. But there's coming a time. It's even getting now. Listen, all this stuff happening in the world, this thing's, listen to me, the truth is behind it is the Antichrist spirit. You can deviate into politics. You can go into government. You can assess the value of things in the economy. You've got opinions coming uh, by the millions on social media. You can look at education. You can look at the military. You can discuss all these different uh, categories. But whenever you find anything, anyone that is going against God's nature and character— and going against the express and written word of God, my friend, it is an antichrist spirit. And everything that's happening in the world, if you cannot see that this world is being prepped, planned, staged for the coming of Christ and also the coming of the antichrist, then my friend, you don't know the Bible. You don't know it. And if you don't know it, you're not ready. I urge you today to listen to what God is saying. Truth is the only basis of love. Truth. People talk a lot about love. Love this, love that. Love has been so cheapened. The word has been tossed around so much. Love is a many-splendored thing. Everybody loves their dog. They say, we love my dog and love God in the same breath. There's something wrong with that. But true love, true love is based upon truth. It's based upon truth. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And he meant what he said. He is the way. He is the truth. And we have to conform. Jeremiah, even as a young man and through 40 years, he continually uh, yielded himself to the truth of God. He bowed himself under it, and he paid a terrible price to do that and a price to speak in his generation, to live for God. And that's this. the truth I'm telling you is God is calling us today to, to live Him in full truth. Truth is the means of our freedom. The Bible says you'll know truth, and the truth will set you free. People today are seeking freedom, but at the expense of truth. They're making truth whatever they want it to be. This is humanism. This is relativism. We have to reject that. And we have to say, there is no other truth except Jesus Christ. There's no other truth but the Word of God. And as we do that, you'll find that you'll become free. We'll become free from all the things that we get entangled in. And we'll start to care less. The things of earth will grow strangely dim as we set our gaze upon Christ. As we get into this Word then when we hear reports from news channels and Christian channels and churches and you hear all kind of thing, how do you ever know where truth is? Who in the world is speaking truth? I'm having people say, where can I find truth? He says it's left. He says it's right. They say it's up. They say it's down. Who in the world can know? My friend, this is why there's only one voice. Jesus says, my people, my sheep know my voice. They may hear other voices, but they'll not follow those voices. They'll come and follow me. Why? Because Jesus' truth is what sets free. And, and that's the only place you're going to find freedom. 
You're not going to find it in social justice causes. You're not going to find it in these uh, uh, different categories of life, trying to serve in those capacities in some way to change people's minds and change societal views. Freedom comes only through God's truth. Truth is the first step also for you and me to step into God's purposes. He says, I've formed you. I've called you. I know you. I've ordained you. I've got plans and purposes for you. Truth is the first step into that. We have to say, Lord, I am not truth. Lord, every man is a liar, but God be true. Can you say that today? You know, we got Foxaholics. We got CNNaholics. We've got all of this stuff. People rake in the news day in. Hours sometimes people spend in trying to get the news and, and try to understand it and compartmentalize it, then piece it back together where it may, it's not going to make sense. Listen, the spirit of Antichrist was loose and was in the world when John wrote the epistles of John. And he died about 95 A.D., That's a long time, my friend. The spirit of Antichrist is in this world. It is moving. It is working. It is uh, perverting truth, and it's dissecting the church. And I tell you, the only way we're going to be able to have and understand God's plans and purposes for us to come and bear witness to this truth. Truth is also the absolute foundation of authentic worship. There's a time coming, Jesus said to the woman at the well, when when God is seeking those who will worship him in spirit and in truth. There's a lot of spirit in worship. I see a lot of liveliness on TV in these worship. I've been to a lot of churches. I see lights, smoke machines, uh, lights on the ground looking like a runway. I see a lot of bells and whistles, excitement generated. There might be a lot of that kind of stuff going on, but what's lacking is truth. God is calling us to walk in truth. God loved us, created us, and called us for his purpose. And in Jeremiah 2, verses 2 and 3, I'm going to close with this. He says, God says, I remember you. He's speaking to Jeremiah, but he's speaking to you today. I remember you, the kindness of your youth, the love of your betrothal. When you went after me in the wilderness, in a land not sown, Israel was holiness to the Lord and the first fruits of his increase. God loves you, and God is calling you, and his, and his call is going to come to you only and always through the truth of his word. Are you positioned to receive truth? Because the love of God is going to be coming to you even now as I'm speaking. He's coming to you with truth. And the reverse is, he says, I remember you, your kindness. My friends, God wants us to love him. And, and in Jeremiah's day, there were some that did love him. They were few, but they loved them. And you know what? He blessed them. He kept them. He kept his word to them. And they knew it. And they, were, they found that their lives were worth living. And they were calm in that assurance that uh, a life lived for God, with God, relationally with God, on the basis of his eternal truth is the only way to live a successful life only way to be uh, productive in this generation. And my friends, I encourage you now as we close this podcast that you give grave consideration to what I'm saying. Let the weightiness of this fact set upon you that truth, uh, God's Word is the only absolute truth. And if you are not 
a student of this word, if you are not hiding his word in, his, in, in your heart that you might not sin against him, my friends, I don't know uh, how you're going to make it. We're on the precipice of eternity changing and coming before us in a way we have never experienced. These are some new grounds we're going into, and yet this old and yet powerful truth still remains. God knows his own, and he keeps us. He keeps us. And so I leave you with that. As we turn next week to our uh, podcast, we said we're looking at truth, tragedy, and triumphs. I encourage you to come back. We've got some sobering things to say, but it has to be said, and you need to hear it. Until next time, God bless you.